Shooters, as always, thank you for all your support, everything we do over here at Shooters Touch. Um, we really appreciate the support here in the last mini-series that we just did with 5 with 5. The reception was great. We, we appreciate you guys listening and taking some time, and your feedback is always welcome with that. Uh, we also ask that you stay on the lookout here as the holiday season's coming up. I uh, might have some merchandise coming your way, so, so stay with our social media channels and follow that as we get there. Um, we also want to give a big shout-out to all of our high school programs here. Um, now in full swing, practice starting, can't wait for those games. And so we're ready to see what uh, this basketball season is going to bring. Um, we're here to support you. If there's anything we can do to help um, you or your programs, uh, certainly let us know. And as always, shoot or shoot. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters. And I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter's Touch. This week, we bring on the former head basketball coach at Indiana State University, Greg Lansing. Before we get into Greg's episode, I want to say we appreciate all of our listeners, and it helps us out so much if you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you catch your podcast. Again, we appreciate you, and we appreciate that. Now, Greg and myself, we first connected when I was in high school, and he was assistant at the University of Iowa, but haven't haven't talked much since, so it was awesome to talk to him again, hear his story um, growing up in Harlan and uh, playing basketball at South Dakota, and then really, as he mentioned several times, um, climbing the coaching ladder with every rung, from a GA to assistant coach, even spending some time as a head high school coach here at, at Roosevelt in Des Moines. Like I said, Greg has a great story, great guy. We know he's not coaching this year, which, as he mentions in the episode, is very tough on him. But he'll be out there soon, we know. We can tell from his passion for the game and his passion for coaching. So here he is, Greg Lansing. Well, Coach Lansing, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thanks a lot for having me on there. We're excited. Uh, we're excited to have you. We're talking a little off air. Um, looks a little warmer uh, where you're at. So uh, where, where do you reside? What do you call home now, coach? Yeah, my contract was up on uh, March 31st. And by the end of April, we had moved to uh, my wife had had a place in Scottsdale. So we moved down here to Scottsdale. And uh, it's crazy to think it's over six months um, since my contract ended. So we're just enjoying life. And um, this is a place we both love. And uh, she's still working while I kind of try to figure out what my next adventure is going to be. But she's been encouraging me to take the whole year off and uh, and uh, just kind of uh, re- refresh and regroup and uh, see what I want to do next. You getting uh, getting any golfing in, in that uh, window? Oh, there? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, 
Iowa friends, uh, Terre Haute friends, uh, friends, former teammates from college. And it's uh, the nice thing about this place is people are always trying to visit. So our, uh, <laughs> our social calendar is plenty full. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I guess something to say that, uh, you know, after, after having this, this much experience, you know, having that year off might be a good thing, but probably, probably a little bit tough, uh, you know, having that much experience and maybe not having this, this, this long a time off. Yeah, Adam, I was really good and, and, uh, cause we love it here and it's just a great quality of life. And I'd been in Terre Haute, which is a community, uh, I love as much as me to, to say as much as I'm from Iowa, you know, I got to take pride in that and Terre Haute will always be home. And we got so many good friends. I miss the team. And that's when it kind of hit me when game started last Tuesday is, uh, watching Jake Laravia play Cam Baco, <laughs> watching Trey Williams at, at Duquesne and then watching the Sycamores and, um, I got, I hold no ill will, uh, against, uh, the new guy at Indiana state. I'm a big fan and I'm going to be a big fan and support that those guys, uh, coach shirts and, and that team. But, uh, it has been a lot different in this last week. Yep. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. But, uh, well, Hey, let's do this coach. Um, obviously, as you mentioned from Iowa, uh, our research team tells us born in Mount Pleasant, um, What's childhood like? You know, we like to talk about uh, you know the the neighborhood games that you would play with neighbors and stuff like that. So, what was uh what was it like growing up uh, early early on in Mount Mount Pleasant? Yeah, I was actually born in Ainsworth. Uh, Dad was a coach at uh, at Highland. I don't even know if that's a school uh, anymore, but yeah, in uh, in uh, Mount Pleasant till fourth grade, and uh, you know, they, uh, Dad had went to the state tournament with Mount Pleasant Panthers in '76, and he had saw kind of in the younger grades that, that may might not have uh, the teams that uh, uh, that could get get many wins and much success so we moved out to Harlan and and uh, that's where I went to high school but uh, you know my whole youth is is going to practice going to games uh, I learned real quick that losing is not okay uh, from my mom as well as my my dad you know that was and I learned learned a tremendous work ethic you know dad was old school from the start he was he was in the basement watching film and doing X's and O's every night. And so I had a great teacher in that. Uh, mom didn't uh, become a nurse until, oh, what was it? Uh, we were all, uh, teen, uh, you know, 10, 12 around in there. So mom busted her butt being a mom. Uh, then she became a nurse. So I, I, I was raised right uh, by two hardworking people, uh, an older brother and younger sister. And um, it's pretty good, pretty fun growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned dad was coach. Uh, was he a girls boys coach? Yeah, he's, uh, he's in the hall of fame now, Adam. He's, uh, actually we're one of, uh, I, I don't know if it's 10, 11, 12, uh, father, son combos that are in the hall of fame. Dad's always, he coached high school boys and he coached little girls golf just so he could get to <laughs> get out of school early and play golf. So, play golf. Yeah. 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 He did. He did a lot. He did a lot of that. And, um, he never wanted to be, and uh, he, he could have been athletic director numerous times, but he always had my games, my brother's games uh, like that. So he never really wanted to do it because he'd had to shortchange uh, the, the school's other events. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So growing up coach's kid, you know, uh, we did something very, very similar to that. And, uh, you know, we know the, the benefits of that and maybe some of, uh, you know, maybe even some of the negatives, you know, being at the gym all the time, uh, as practice goes and then, you know, having a, having a parent that's, you know, around basketball all the time, but was, um, was basketball, uh, your main focus, um, at all times, or what was the, the athletics look like on the, on your end? Well, you know, much like you, you know, and, and I, I played in Harlem, 
you know, in Harlan, I think they're going to win another state championship here. And I was a football quarterback all state and played basketball and pitched in baseball. So uh, because dad was a basketball coach there uh, and he was a tough dude and coach PE, um, I had to kind of tread water a little bit. You know, a lot of a lot of my buddies and other other kids in the school didn't really like that or having him uh, having him for class because he was so hard and he just did stuff the right way. But uh, he always encouraged me to play other sports, uh, played other sports, had opportunities to go uh, college or even at a professional baseball and just always wanted to play basketball. I always wanted to play basketball. And um, that's that ended up. That's what I did. Awesome. Hey, um, we like to ask this question, too. And, and, you know, we'll get into your coaching career um, here in a couple of minutes. But uh, what are your thoughts as a as a college basketball coach? You know, was that something that you um you know, when you're recruiting these kids, is that something you kind of looked for um, a multi-sport athlete? Uh, was never, a, uh, never a negative. I promise you that. And, and, you know, in the AU uh, generation that we're in now and social media, it's, it's crazy. Most kids don't do it. Now you're, you'll get some in Indiana, not many. Uh, I still probably think there's a lot in, in uh, Iowa that, that do make one, two, uh, doubtful three like we used to do back in the old days but it's it's really hard to do that now because basketball's year-round football's year-round baseball's year-round and and uh everybody wants to get recruited and go play college so it's it's a little different yeah i mean we say yeah obviously we can talk injuries and stuff like that you know um all those all those other muscles that you're using um you know, for example playing basketball playing football um even playing you know on the baseball field you know it I think we see the benefit of it. Um, you know, if we think it's kind of trending potentially the wrong way of, you know, these, these kids, whether it be basketball, whether it be, you know, with baseball, soccer, whatever, um, you know, only, only contrary on one sport because they think that's all they have time for. And they think that's the best way to get a division one scholarship because that's all that matters at that time. Yeah. You know, and, I got both sides of it. You know, I, I, I loved Friday nights playing football. I loved uh, having the ball pitch, pitching, you know, having, having the game in my hands a lot just by what I did as a, a pitcher touching the ball every play. On well, football, the game before state championship game, my senior year, a uh, big line, lineman for the other team fell on my foot and crushed my arch. So there went my Division One scholarships. I, I couldn't uh, go to my toes. I had to wear steel plate in my, in my shoe my entire senior basketball season and I just wasn't athletic enough or wasn't quick enough after that. And I understood it, but uh, I loved it, but maybe it cost me division one, but uh, I certainly wouldn't change uh, going to the university of South Dakota and experiencing what I did there. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's maybe talk about that. So uh, if we can, uh, can slide back maybe a couple of years, um, what, what was the recruiting process? Like you mentioned, um, obviously, uh, you know, smaller community at Harlan, you know, playing, playing multiple sports like Brian and myself did. Um, and, and um, you know, here I'm looking at here, you know, you were, you were very good at those sports. So um, what was the recruiting process like? Maybe not, not only in basketball, you know, but with those other, other um, with those other sports too. Well, I, I, you know, I was recruited at a division one level and all those, but our football cut when they come in and see the football coach, he'd say, he's going to play basketball and baseball. As much as I think about a lot, what if I'd have done that, you know, cause the money and being a baseball pitcher is crazy. Um, I ended up playing division two basketball after, after crushing my foot, my, you know, your, your Drake's and your Iowa States and, and the other people that, uh, 
uh, were recruited me. It boiled down to Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, uh, and University of South Dakota Division Two, and I felt like I had enough uh, discipline with my dad for for 18 years, so I I didn't go into the academy and went to University of South Dakota and played basketball there. Got my master's there and uh, lifelong friends from that place. So I'm very very grateful and. I always say that things work out to, for a reason, and, and they did for me. Yep. Was there ever a decision? Um, well, I'm sure there was a, um, a decision uh, on if you were going to play baseball, if you're going to play football, or was it, you know, just in the back of your mind, I'm I'm going to play basketball? Never, never serious, Adam. You know, and uh, when it, when they talked about uh, playing professionally, the money then wasn't near what it is now. You know, they. I couldn't have got my college paid for if I, if I would have got hurt. So it was really much just playing basketball. And when I took my, I'd, I'd visited Naval Academy, I visited Air Force Academy and two unbelievable institutions there that I'd have been, I was honored just to be recruited by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went to University of South Dakota and, and uh, very pleased that I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've been up there multiple times, great location, you know, the campus is great. And, um, uh, Athletics definitely are a big, big, um, um, are big in South Dakota for sure. So that always helps too. Um, what about, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you got up there, we like to, um, the question we like to ask is what was the biggest transition from high school to college basketball? Oh, I, I think one thing about where, you know, you, you're in the uni dome, uh, mm-hmm. we were in the Dakota dome. Yeah. So every day for workouts, I had to walk across that football turf to go do our basketball workouts. And that football, those football coach, you know, they knew I was there going to play basketball. And there I was, you know, come on, come on, just help us out today. Come on over here and throw a few today. So a lot of it was different and uh, not be having football practice every day and, and doing those things and just locking in on uh, college basketball. And when I got there, USD wasn't very good. And um, I loved our juniors and seniors they were they were good guys but they just weren't committed to to uh, the program and 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 being a winner and uh, when we got Dave Boots in there as a head coach my junior year that whole thing changed uh that whole thing changed and it was a a winning you know you're coming from uh, northern Iowa I'm from an Indiana state uh the types of programs that we run there uh it's a winning institution and and uh, that's what it turned into yeah that's That's great that's great and a lot of that, you know, a lot of the, especially college, you know, small, smaller colleges, especially, you know, you talk about high school as well, that, you know, those junior seniors are so big in those programs yeah. and the, you know, they are um, freshmen, sophomores look up to them so much more than I think they know. And having a, having a good, you know, stable um, upper, upper classmen help, helps out so much. Yeah, it really is. And, and those guys were good guys. It just wasn't the culture that was about winning that it changed the, the culture that coach Jake has there at Northern Iowa. It's you come in there, it's about business and working and winning and being a great teammate. And it certainly turned into that when, when coach Goot, I, I played with uh, two guys that are in the hall of fame up there. And once still, you know, it was a division two conference. Now all those schools are division one, but uh, t- two of the guys I played with one's the all time leading score and one's the eighth all time leading score. So we got it going. Yeah, had some uh, had some scores, which we always like to hear. But, um, you know, I'm looking here, uh, you know, at some of the um, aspects of your time up 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 there as well. And, um, you know, obviously sounds like you had some scoring up there, but uh, you were more on the defensive end, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it uh, was something that maybe I didn't uh, think about as much in high school, but when I got up there, I wanted to play, you know, and I was with mm -hmm. these guys that were getting buckets and I went back and forth from point guard to off guard and, and my roommate was one of those guys in the top 10 uh, scoring Mike Grace from Healing and Tim Hatchett. And I just wanted to play. I wanted to find a way and do whatever it took uh, to help those guys. And we turned it around and got in the NCAA tournament and won a, uh, uh, a champion, a conference tournament championship. So we, we, we got it turned around and it was a special time for sure. Yeah, when uh, when I say that you were more um, on the defensive end, uh, you know, we're talking the best defensive, um, you're talking best <laughs> defensive player in the conference your senior year. So, uh, yeah, definitely found a way to get on the court. Well, when you you don't get to take any shots, you better get to do something <laughs> else. So I worked awfully hard on it. Took great pride in it, man. I know you did too. And and uh, guarding the other team's best player and doing those types types of things. And there were a lot of good players. I mean, you look back in the old, people don't understand how good the North Central Conference was. Uh, had yeah. Morningside right there in Iowa, Nebraska, Omaha. Man, was it good uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, well, I guess look, looking back um, on that time at South Dakota, um, and obviously, uh, you know, as a player, we talk about all the time that there are just – you know, you don't realize the time and the effort and stuff like that, that goes into coaching when you're, when, uh, when you're a player, um, what are a couple of things that maybe you learned from the coaching staff? Uh, I guess any, 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 um, of your years up there that you really brought with you when you, uh, when you started coaching? Well, my dad was really hard on me and I didn't like him much, um, until after I graduated and realized how important, uh, having him as my dad was. Uh, for my development, but I did see how hard he worked. And my college coach, I told him our first two years, we weren't very good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how hard the coaches worked. Good guys again, but I don't know how hard they worked. And then when Coach Boots and John Lembazeter came in there uh, and that program turned around, I saw how hard they worked. And uh, again, I, I had a great relationship with uh, the assistant coach, Coach Lem. Boots was kind of like my dad, you know, just tough on you and you had to really work. And it was all about the right stuff, doing things, uh, stuff right off the floor, getting your great education. But I tell you what, you came to practice. It was time to get after at work. And we were competitive and got after uh, other teams. And that's how we got it going. Awesome. 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 Um, well, when did, uh, obviously we know your path here, but uh, when did the coaching bug hit you? Was it always kind of there? Was it, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to be a coach. Yeah, I really didn't have, uh, to even to this day, I'm getting better now that I haven't been employed for six months, but I, I really, I really didn't have much, many other interests. The only thing I ever really thought about doing, cause I got my master's in counseling, whether it be being a counselor or doing something, I always thought secret service or FBI or, or something like that. But, uh, it was really always just being a coach and Adam, I hit every step. I think you'll probably ask me about that. I mean, it, I never dreamed of of getting where I got or becoming what we what we did, but uh, always wanted to be a college basketball coach, and I didn't skip a step. Well, let's talk through some of those steps uh, you mentioned. So <laughs> obviously, uh, you, you wrap up in in uh, up in South Dakota, and the natural transition is to to the GA position. So what what was that like for you? Yeah, hey, I had to bust my butt. You know, I'd never worked too hard academic. I was a good, I was a three-pointer, a lower, lower 3.0. I was doing okay, but I got my master's in counseling, and I really kicked it in gear there. I worked really hard at it, uh, was a good student at it, and I think I was 375 and and passed my boards uh, uh, on the first time, but I was also coaching at Division and at Division II. Uh, the GAs do everything. 
So I was doing everything as a coach, full-time coach, full-time student. And I went from GA to volunteer after I, because I got my master's and I, I didn't really find a job that I'd like and, and coach boots wanted me to stay. So I stayed there, uh, volunteered for a year, got a head high school coach, went to Indiana state as a restricted earnings coach for $12,000 a year. Uh, went from third assistant to second assistant. I got lucky enough, uh, uh, Missouri State, Steve Alford and his dad were in, were in the conference uh, with Indiana State, got to know them real well and got lucky enough to go to Iowa, then back to Indiana State where I spent the last uh, seven, 16, 17 total, but 11 as a head coach. So I, 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 didn't, I didn't skip a step. You know, I didn't, I didn't, my last name wasn't Alford or, or uh, a McCaffrey or something like that. I, 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 uh, had been, I didn't skip a step on the way up and just very, very fortunate to have worked at two places that mean so much in Indiana State and the University of Iowa. Yeah, which uh, we, we want to get into some of those stories. But uh, before before we get there, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about this Roosevelt position. So how so how do you go from being up college staff? What uh, what was it about the high school game that you said, you know what, let's uh, let's go down there and give this a try? I, I didn't skip a step, but I forgot that one on the way when I was when I was listening there. But well, remember Coach Hallahan at Iowa State? Yeah. I was at uh, I was a GA, and I had a chance to go to full time to Mankato State, which is now Minnesota State. Uh, but I applied for Dubuque, Hempstead, and Des Moines Roosevelt, and um, I got offered those jobs. And and uh, I talked to Coach Hallahan. He said, "Be a head coach." He said, "You'll never regret uh, being a head coach." And I took that and man, I, I love Des Moines. I still, my, my family lives in Waukee. Uh, so that was two of the best years of my life. Um, had some really good basketball players, Nate Green for one, who's an NBA official now, but he played for us at Indiana State and turned that program around, got it going. And uh, I'll never regret that because that was two wonderful years. Yeah, you can uh, you can learn a lot no matter what level it is from, uh, yeah. from, from being a head coach. Um, you know, just being able to call some of the plays and some of the stuff that when you're sitting in the second chair, um, yeah. you don't have to worry quite as much about. Um, and so it's, uh, it definitely, it definitely makes you prepare and if nothing else, appreciate what those, what those guys are doing for you. Well, um, and you know, it, it does, you know, and I've, of course, growing up as a coach's kid, I always hung out with the assistants. So I always appreciated that, but I also found out that Roosevelt is, none of them guys wanted to win as bad as I did, you know? So it was a little different, you know, I, that's one thing Adam asked about the difference between that high school kid compared to that college kid. It amps up and how bad you want to win, you know, those kids that, and this wasn't social media era, you know, we, we lose or win and they'd be out the door talking to their girls or going and doing whatever, you know, whatever their social plan was, but you live and die with it. Uh, you know, I grew up living and dying with it. So it was always a little different for me. Well, and the coaching's so different because you can't recruit the kids that you come to fit your yeah, system. Yeah. You got to change your yeah. system to fit the kids that you have. And so the level yeah. of, of coaching and mix matching, it's, it's, uh, you wear a lot of hats at that level. And I was used to it because my dad always had to do that. So it was, you know, it was, it was pretty cool in Des Moines, um, the, t the type of uh, atmosphere and within that school. I just, I really enjoyed it. So then once you uh, got the opportunity to go back to the college level, was, was it an, an easy transition and an easy yes for you? Or was it something where you're like, uh, I love Des Moines, but uh, this has always been my dream and my goal is to be at the college it level. Was, 
it was an absolute no-brainer for me you know I this is before the AU stuff so I it was just starting and I had taken Nate Green and a few of my guys down to this one of these recruiting camps and I saw a guy that actually worked at Mankato State who was he was now at Indiana State he saw me and he said hey why don't you get into college coaching I said I want to you know and he goes well we might have a spot well, the, you, I don't know if you guys remember, anybody remembers the restricted earnings position. Um, that's what it was. So I, I went from Des Moines Roosevelt making of about 50 uh, going over to Terre Haute and making about 12 grand for the entire year. And, um, but you still had the full, you still had the, the typical job, but they restricted your earnings. So it was crazy. And I'm just very thankful that the other two assistants there took such great care of me because I could barely pay my rent. And uh, that was it. You know, I started uh, uh, right there at Indiana State. I loved every minute of it. I, I, I didn't hesitate when I had the opportunity to do it and uh, never looked back. And so then on, in that first stop, how many years were you at Indiana State before going to Iowa? Uh, I was there for four. Okay. There for four. And then um, actually went from restricted earnings. Uh, a new coach came in and, and, I, and I was there with him for, for a couple years um because nate green was playing with us um my ex-wife's brother was that was, was playing for us and i recruited him and then uh, i just remember being on the road all the time this is you know i'm a hawkeye i'm a big hawk fan so uh always be a hawk uh tom davis was in his lame duck year and uh steve alford was a name that was mentioned and every time i saw him he he talked about it and who do you know over there what do you think would you be interested interested in coming so um, that just happened. Uh, and, uh, I'll tell you what, that was, that was seven great years. And, and quite the ride there too, obviously that you guys went on and, uh, um, teams that especially, uh, you know, around Adam and I's age that we all vividly remember, cause those are teams that we were watching. Um, yeah. Our- and Panthers got us too. I mean, we got went in there and the Panthers got us so Drake I mean you know those games you know you hardly play those games anymore I, we well you you're right there with us we're on the pod we're we're very disappointed at the not only the home and homes love the home and homes um but even the big four classic and being able to see some of these teams in our great state especially it, with it, the level of basketball that where Drake and you and I are at right now too it's, it's too bad well nobody wants nobody wants to play either of those teams I, and I know believe me I understand but I think it's a joke people don't play it like when I was at Indiana State we we played at IU actually beat them in Archie Miller's first game there we won at Notre Dame when they were ranked and and lost a close one there Uh, played at Purdue numerous times so I always have such a high respect for those guys because they'll they don't have to play those games Uh, but I I think you should it's good it's good for the state well, and I think with basketball, it's so different than football in that, you know, a lot, one loss is not going to upset the basket. I mean, you still got to go out and you win your games, win your tournament, whatever it is. And so an early season loss to a team that maybe you quote unquote shouldn't, isn't going to sink the ship. So let's play them. Let's have some fun. That's, I, that's and what I, it's about. But again, I get it. You know, it's a lose, lose for Iowa, Iowa state because they're supposed to win. And if they don't win by enough, uh, you know, that's that's not good enough. And if they happen to get beat, which is if you play Northern Iowa and Drake, you, you sure can get beat. Doesn't matter who you, who they are, who they're playing. But uh, it's it's different. And I understand it. No. So it's uh, we get it, too. But um, so part of this journey at Iowa, we got to talk a little bit. Speaking of conference tournaments, um, that conference tournament run that you guys went on, that would have been 2001. 
Um, God, what, what do you remember? Obviously, you have many fond memories of your time at Iowa, but what do you remember about that old one season? Yeah, we won a Big Ten tournament with Brody Boyd as our two guard. I love and, uh, Brody Dean, Boyd Dean Oliver back there. I mean, and, you know, you, you have somebody like Reggie Evans uh, that carries you. I just remember uh, going in there and I kind of had like Brian Jones and I, who's at Illinois State now and probably the best guy I ever worked with. Um, we had every scout and we were we stayed at the Intercontinental right on Michigan Avenue. You know, you and you're in those conference tournaments. You guys know about this stuff. You win one, the guys go get to go chill and rest. And the coach, you're just watching film. And we were up all night, every night uh, for four night, four games and four nights and and happened to win it on fumes. And, you know, and I never felt tired because you're just you're just flying on adrenaline. And and what a feeling. I remember going into the locker room right before the final um, against Indiana. And I saw the picture from the previous year and it had the the, the t-shirt that you know you always get the t-shirt and hats after you win a championship I said I coach told coach Alford that's all I want right there I want that t-shirt and uh, to raise that thing up uh after the game oh kind of chokes me up um that was pretty cool well in such a neat run and then obviously the way that it happened in the championship game um beating Indiana too um, but as I look back, this cast of characters that you guys had, you mentioned, obviously, Dino was senior that year. Um, Brody Boy, Duez, Luke, Reggie, Sean, Sean, Jolider. I mean, you guys, the, this crew of guys as I go through, especially for Iowa people. Um, I was also a big fan of Jason Smith, too, also on that roster. But um, what, a, what a neat collection of guys. And then, like you said, to be able to put on that run um, and, and win four in a row and yeah, it had to had to have just been a, a one that you'll always remember. The oh, there's no question. And the and uh, I remember uh, you going to those games in those big cities, and it's police get escort to every game, and every game the the media amps up who's interviewing you before and who's around. So it was it was just so cool. And you mentioned Jason Smith. Uh, he's a he's actually a, a lawyer down in Vegas right now. I just came back uh, to Bedendorf. We lost his dad, Dave. Uh, a little while back, he lost his battle to cancer. But that was one thing about Iowa. We always played guys like that at the end of the year and helped us win. Uh, and Jason Smith was a, as good a teammates as I've ever been around and, and a great guy. But uh, I tell you what, you put uh, Dean Dino, who's going to be a legend there, always in Iowa. And then Reggie Evans, just uh, those guys, they could, they could win some games for you. Yeah, that uh, was a lot of fun. Um, and then NCAA tournament, obviously, uh, beat a good Creighton team um, and then ended up getting clipped by Kentucky, right, to finish out that season. Yeah, if you believe it, uh, Kyle Corver was one for 13 in that game. And uh, I don't think he's probably ever done something like that again uh, in his life. And I was so happy for the career that he's had, but knocked them off and and uh, fought Kentucky. We didn't. I didn't think we played particularly well. I remember old Tayshawn Prince kind of kind of got us there. That was an overachieving team we had at Iowa, but it was a great start to to Alford's era there. Yeah, no, it absolutely it absolutely was. And so, um, so then how the transition happened from there? So you had obviously um, with coach there at Iowa for seven years, and then um, back to Indiana State, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was the uh, wasn't a road assistant at Iowa right away, but I was heavily involved. I was kind of kind of Coach Alford's guy there for a while, and then 
when it started getting into that, uh, you know, you, you have the social medias and the websites and this and that, it was really hard on, on Sam Alford when, when there were some tough times, uh, for us, you know, going through some of the things we went through there and kind of drove him out of it. But then I, then I got into the, uh, one of the road spots and the top spots and to be able to get a Jeff Horner and a, and a Greg Bruner and have, you know, win as many games as we did uh, with those guys and have the success that we did. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, Coach Alford brought in Craig Neal um, and, and kind of was kind of took over his top guy. And he and I weren't, uh, I'd been there a long time and um, he, he wasn't somebody he wanted. I wasn't someone he wanted on the staff. Let's just put it that way. So I uh, got let go uh, after two, at my, after my seventh year, actually after winning the tournament and finishing second, being a three seed in the NCAA tournament and went back over to Indiana State. I was awfully fortunate. Uh, looked at Central Florida uh, with Coach Spira, who's now at Iowa and a couple of different things. But to get the chance to go back to Indiana State, uh, I was very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's got to be something that, uh, well, as it plays out, um, as we keep moving forward, something that uh, a place that you definitely hold uh, near and dear to your heart. But before I can transition to the Sycamore, so so your last game in Iowa was the um, was the NCAA nope. game. Don't say it. <laughs> oh. Northwestern State. Yeah. Northwestern, yeah. Northwestern State. And we had we had such a good draw there because we'd have beat West Virginia in that second round um and been in the sweet sixteen and Brew was killing them. We were up seventeen in the second half and and uh something something went a little wrong in one of our huddles and it affected Brew and Doug Thomas a little bit and we just kind of didn't hang on very good and I'll remember we're up two and it's a loose ball basically going out of bounds and their guy picks it up and throws it up and they, I knew it was going in I just started walking to to shake hands with those guys so it was a it was a crushing loss uh, for a team that probably deserved better because I mean we got finished second in Maui won the tournament uh, just just had a lot of tough road wins and played Illinois like crazy and uh, in the in those two games with them the year they they were in the final and uh, lots to remember by that year yeah that uh, that was that was a game for probably all the wrong reasons that will forever stick in in the minds of Hawks fans I know um, I would let's see I was a junior at Warburg um, at that time and all, all of like our whole team skipped class that day to stay home and and watch that game and inbound to the corner good friends with Horner. That's my guy, but gets kind of spun yeah. around and the dude lets it go. And yeah, just absolutely just crushed us. That's for you sure. You know, it was right there too. I always, Haluska, the ball was kind of right there in a loose ball and, you know, in a game saving play, I threw all of us, if we'd had that back just to win dive and just to get it or hit it, you know, or anything like that. But just a, yeah, it makes me sick to think about it. Oh, <laughs> so man. that was a tough one. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough, uh, a tough pill to swallow that's your last game uh in the black and gold too you're like come on so maybe uh um maybe maybe somewhere down the road you will be able to change that so then so then move out to indiana state um you talked a little bit about that that transition so what was what was the actual position were you one of the the top assistants or or how did that yeah. come about yeah you know the way coach waltman did it really we just you had three assistants nobody was really the top guy or anything like that but uh 
I had recruited, <clears throat> excuse me, I had recruited the team that they went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. Nate Green was on the one, and I'd mentioned my my uh, ex-brother-in-law and some of the guys that I helped build the team took off, and they went to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. And so I came back, and Coach Waltman was excited about it. And he had they hadn't had they had had some lean years those next uh, five years, and try to help him get it going again and save his job. And uh, it was a pleasure and honor to to work for that guy. And couldn't quite get it done. We weren't good enough to get it done. And uh, I think about coach a lot because he, he has since passed with uh, bladder cancer, but uh, he, he hired me once when he didn't have to. And then he, then he kind of saved me after I got let go at Iowa. So I owed that guy a lot. And uh, I knew going back there. And the reason why I went back there was that was probably the one spot where I could be, get the head coaching job. You know, again, I wasn't a great college player. I didn't have a name, but I thought that was the one, chance I'd have and and uh just very very fortunate and blessed to to it all worked out that way yeah so let's uh so let's talk a little bit about that obviously uh, eventually transitioning um associate head coach and then ultimately the head coach out there at Indiana State um taking all these years of experience um growing up as a as a coach's kid seeing all levels um there's still got to be a, a massive hurdle uh, taking that step up to the to the to the first chair. What what do you remember about transitioning and, and ultimately um, being the head and uh, calling the shots? Well, it, it was crazy because uh, Kevin McKenna was the head coach and he came from Creighton, great player, Creighton played in the NBA, and uh, now a great assistant at uh, Oregon for Coach Altman. And he said, "I need to see you in the office." And I'm like, "What?" It was on a Sunday, and I'm like we got camp starting next week. I'm like, I'm either getting fired or I'm getting a job. You know, my mom was there, had my nephew there because he was coming to camp and I went in there and he just told me, he goes, I'm going to Oregon. And I've, uh, I told uh, the AD, the current AD, I, I, I felt if he left, I'd get the job anyway, because he and I both interviewed the previous time and we were the two finalists. Um, and I stayed on as his associate head coach. But when, he was leaving. I knew I'd get the job and, and I did. And I just, it was such a crazy thing. Uh, no, I wasn't thinking about it. Nobody was thinking about it. And the whirlwind that happens after that to go to having your press conference. I remember my mom was there and I called dad and I'm like, Hey dad, what are you doing tomorrow? And, oh, nothing. Just going to go golf or do whatever. And I say, well, I'm going to buy a plane ticket. You got to come over here. And he said, what for? Goes, I'm not coming over there. I said, well, we're going to have a press conference. So I'm going to be the head coach at Indiana State. And I was, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, so it, it was it was really cool. And, and a, again, and in a community that I love, and I'd already given a lot for to, to help build a program and, and build a team and uh, about to, with a bunch of young guys that I recruited. And then look what happens, first year NCAA tournament with those guys. So, uh, again, you, it, the stuff doesn't happen very often the way it happened for me. Um, you got to have some good fortune. You got to have some good luck. Uh, I've tried to work my tail off and be a good person and do a good job, uh, my whole time. So I could keep advancing in my career, but to be able to be a head coach in the, in, in division one for 11 years is not everybody gets to do that. 
No, it uh, that is an experience that uh, well well deserved and uh, well worth it. And so, yeah, you mentioned uh, in your first year, you go out and uh, go out and win a tough valley. I mean, how how is this uh, something that you're able to string together? Obviously, you and your staff worked your tails off, but uh, um, at what point during that season did it kind of start to click and be like, you know what, we got this 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 we got things going here. Yeah, you know, we that that's still people forget. We I, when Mike was first uh, started in the conference, Creighton and Wichita were still in there for a couple of years. So we had a lot of good battles with with both of those teams and Doug McDermott there when he was at Creighton, we playing for his dad and Wichita's Final Four teams. Um, it, it, it's pretty crazy, but uh, we just had a well. Well, we had a freshman point guard named Joe, Jake Odom, who's be he'll be a Missouri Valley Hall of Famer here. Uh, certainly get his jersey put in the rafters at Indiana State when he's eligible for it. And just an unbelievably uh, well-balanced team with tremendous chemistry. I think we won our last eight. Uh, Lou Godino is my associate head coach. I absolutely uh, couldn't have done it without him. Um, he's at Wichita now, but it was just we kept working, kept grinding, and get, get, kept getting better. And, and uh good things happen. I think we beat uh, Wichita in the semi and then beat Conzo Martin when he was at Murray's Missouri State. They were the conference regular season champion, beat them in the final. And then uh, I got to go play in the queue, old LeBron's old place in Cleveland against Syracuse in the first round. Man, that's so. So then once you guys, uh, um, once you did qualify, obviously you went in winning and uh, getting to go to the NCAA tournament, any, any phone calls or any texts or any weird emails or surprise you that you can remember um, once you guys qualified for the NCAA tournament? Uh, I mean, you can ask any coach. I mean, you know, you always get more uh, texts after wins, but oh, it's yeah. those true, your, your true people are the ones that get you after tough losses, but we won the conference tournament and, you know, you're doing all the media and, it's just nonstop and you're in the locker room with the guys. And, and one thing I will say, the reason why I just kept doing what I was doing is in coaching is going into those locker rooms and being, and you guys have been in those locker rooms, seeing your guys celebrate big wins and knowing that all the hard work that they've gone through uh, really paid off. So that that's when, what always kept me going in it. But uh, I remember, I didn't ride the bus on the way back because I had, I had, uh, ES, we had media so the whole time. So it was back to back to back at all these calls. So Lou, uh, Godino was driving. Our wives were in the back seat and I, for two and a half hours, I was on the phone with, with doing interviews because, you know, the Valley tournament was, is a weekend earlier. So you got all the attention. So we punched our ticket first and it was just so crazy. We did that and all the way back, I did it. And then we went to the Holman Center to uh, to get our welcome in front of, I think it was 3,000 uh, fans. Um, and it was just pretty special, pretty special time. So uh, did the legend, did Larry Legend ever reach out to you guys and uh, say anything? You know, he, he's, he's, he spoke to my teams before. He helped us, uh, did, did what he could do as far as we recruiting. And he couldn't do anything recruiting, but in interviews about me and our staff and our program, he was unbelievable, you know, and, and he was very busy uh, with the Pacers still. And I always uh, greatly appreciated him going out of his way to be good to me. And his Brad Miley, the center from that team lives in Terre Haute is a dear friend to this day. And Carl Nix 
who was their point guard, is a dear friend uh, to this day. A, a lot of those guys were still around. It's so cool, you know, you're in town in Terre Haute, three or four of those guys are still in town and Carl and Larry are right up the road. And those guys are legends. I mean, every time I would see him, I'd get goosebumps. So uh, he was a tremendous help to us and shoot Terre Haute. People think that was, they talk about those teams like it would happen last year, you know, and, and uh, obviously very, very well deserved uh, for them to do what they did as a mid-major. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's neat. And like you said, re- really nice to have someone like that, that, uh, obviously as an alum but some a supporter of the program and what you're yeah. doing it, it just makes everything just a little bit a little bit easier and so um overall like you said had, had a had a really great run um won a ton of basketball games uh, like i said that ncaa tournament run two nits uh even even just to, to well round yourself got one c cit in there um at your time at indiana state and so um Looking back at the time, uh, I know the easy answer is, is going to be the relationships that you formed, um, but maybe give us the second thing that you're going to remember the most about uh, getting the opportunity to coach at Indiana State. Uh, again, you know, the, you know, I don't want to say necessarily it's the relationships, but it is the relationships uh, because, you know, when, when, when I'd go in and recruit, when we go in as a staff and recruit, it, we always told them it's, uh, I'm going to, I'm family for them outside the lines too. You know, I want to know, uh, I want to be involved in all aspects of their life, their families, what's going on, their academics. I want them to shoot me pictures of their kids in 20 years, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I get texts and calls and um, still have great relation, relationships with former staff, former players, and that's going to be for, for forever. And, um, and I, going into Terre Haute, I, you know, it's uh, uh, they hadn't had a lot of success before that. You mentioned that the, the NCAA two NITs and there's been five postseasons basically. And in, 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 uh, in, well, it's actually seven because they're uh, previously at a lower level, but they, there wasn't a lot of postseason success uh, in those teams. And um, I'm second in the all time wins. I'm one behind uh, Dwayne Clee, which is probably perfect because he deserves uh, to be first. And uh, I'm one of 10, 11 coaches uh, to ever coach in the Valley with, with 100 wins. So you, you take a lot of when – when you have time to reflect, you look back on those things. It, I wanted to stay. It didn't end the way I wanted to. And I think we were going to have a NCAA caliber team uh, this year if, if they extended me and kept the team around. But uh, I had a great run. I had a great run, and I got no regrets. And, and uh, it's prepared me well, uh, very well for whatever's next. Well, it's starting to make a little more sense now that you, I didn't know that you were only one win behind that. Uh, that's probably yeah. why they uh, said, all right, we got to bring in some fresh, fresh meat here. Cause we got, we can't have that. Um, so. Yeah. Me, you know, the people that uh, I love Terre Haute, we still have great friends there and we always will again, it'll always be home. And that's one thing you miss uh, um, when you're, when you're, when I wasn't extended, you miss the people and the relationships of not just your players and your staff and uh, Mitch Hannes, the baseball coach, coach Mallory, the football coach, uh, Greg town, the, the, the women's golf coach, you know, you, you miss those guys cause they're your family and they're your, the people you're around every day, but so is the community. I'd, I'd be, I'd be kidding if I didn't say it was pretty cool walking around town and basically everybody you saw said, Hey coach, you know, that's, that's right. a, that's a pretty good feeling to have and uh, miss that a little bit, but uh, so maybe sometime I'll get that back. If not uh, uh, again, no regrets. 
Well, good. Here before before we jump into rapid fire, I got one more. Since you've had uh, since you've had the abilities to be kind of all over and experience everything in this coaching world of uh, of basketball, um, we got a got a senior out there um, that's finishing up his last year in college and thinks he wants to get into coaching. Um, Might be him back here. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought I heard a ball bounce. You're in the right place. what uh what advice are you going to give them what would you say hey if you're about ready to take on this coaching monster um here's maybe one or two pieces of advice uh, before you get started one keep your head where your ass is at you know don't uh, i think there's a lot of times in in the college or even professionally that uh, you're always looking for the next job do the job you have and do it to the best uh, of your ability and and if you're going to take a job be prepared that that may be the or your end your coaching career. That may be the last coaching job you ever have. So you don't want to take something. It's just a stepping stone for something else. Now, those two things are probably uh, the biggest things. And uh, that maybe steer them towards a, another profession. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> coaching. <laughs> well, maybe all good advice. All good advice. Um, well, coach, we like to end our episodes here with a little section, as Brian mentioned, called rapid fire. Uh, he's going to ask you a couple questions, some about hoops, some not. Um, and you just let us know what comes to the top of your head. All right. I'm going to see how quick a thinker I am. I used to be better at this, but I've had a little downtime. No, we'll, we'll get you back going here. Um, all right. First one we always start with, and then you've, uh, you've been all over here. So what, uh, what was your favorite visiting gym or arena you had an opportunity um, to coach or play in? I mean, there's a ton of them. Uh, there's absolutely a ton of them, but I loved going and playing at Hilton Coliseum against the Cyclones. It'd be, you know, that's why I went a head coach then, but I, we, wow, was that a place loud? Obviously, the Iowa State games, but Hilton, uh, there's something about that place when when it gets going, that floor would shake, especially against a, a, an Iowa team. But uh, that's that's obviously one of the best ever. That's a good one. Yeah, we even as a Hawk fan, I can't argue with that. Yeah, you know, well, I like TJ and those guys there now. So I, I don't wanna, <laughs> I'm still I'm still I'm still a Hawk, but we'll give yeah. them a little credit. Absolutely. Um, all right. Favorite golf course in Iowa? Uh, probably Wakanda back okay. in the day, you know, and I, when I was, I, I probably should say, uh, oh, now I can't even think of the name of the one in Iowa city. Cause I didn't play that much when I was in Des Moines, but, uh, uh, played a little bit when I worked for Alford cause he liked to golf. Yep, I didn't know. I was gonna say I didn't know if you're gonna throw out Finkbine um, Fink, or Finkbine. Let's say Finkbine, and then we'll keep those people happy. And keep, I was keep them happy. There you I, go. I, I Good idea. Say, I, I don't know a lot about uh, the the western side, but uh, maybe there was uh, a Harlan someone then over there too that was near and dear to your heart. But there's some goat tracks out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Adam and I have um, have a crystal ball, and then we can um, take and put you anywhere in the country what uh what staff right now um do you admire that you would uh like to go and join if if we could if we could sign you up for any any coaching staff in the country that is that is too hard to even say uh because you know i have dear friends here i talked about ben jacobson and darren devries and porter mosers now at oklahoma i'm gonna say this it's because of where i currently live uh, being on staff at Arizona or Arizona State would probably be pretty cool for me. 
Hey, that's you, you got to take everything into account. I mean, well, not I mean, fly, you know, not to slight Cedar Falls, Des Moines, or, or Norman, Oklahoma, or anything like that. Some of my guys, but uh, that's probably the choices I'd make. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not saying no to anybody, just saying, hey, here's the deal. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, favorite sports movie. Hoosiers, and I can't wait to see it with the new extended uh, scenes. Can't yeah. wait. If it's on TV, I want. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, it's almost impossible. And then obviously spending as much time in Indiana as you did, that uh, uh, yep. that becomes a no-brainer. Um, this one, uh, this one, I'm I'm interested in here. Who's the Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. Good answer. I mean, we're Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah. I don't. I, I love I love LeBron and all that stuff, but no, there's never been another Mike, and there never will be. Mm-hmm. Yep, we uh, we tend to agree with you 100 percent on that. So, um, so if uh, Adam and I get an opportunity to come out, I know you've only been there. Would you say a few short six months? But Adam and I get an opportunity to come out Scottsdale and and play a little golf. Uh, where's the best place to eat when we get, when we come out there? We, Christy and I are big time foodies and, uh, there are so many wonderful, she's a, she's a vegetarian and we're kind of health food nuts. So there's a lot of clean living, a lot of good places to eat. I'm still really, look, I was a big happy hour guy in Terre Haute. I need to, uh, need to find some good happy hour spots. They, they take it a little differently here. The happy hour means more like getting a cheaper dinner. I'm, I'm talking about happy hours with some of your buddies and mm-hmm. talking sports, but. Uh, we're going to go to Isabella's right here at Greyhawk uh, here when, uh, uh, with some friends uh, on Wednesday. So that I'd take you there because you, you get to sit out in the open and you see the golfers come in. We had actually Charles Barkley was just running through there the other day. So we'll take you to Isabella's. Isabella's. I like it. Adam, make sure that makes the list. So. Yep. You guys would love it. We'll Perfect. call up Sir Charles, too, to meet us there. Maybe. <laughs> we can talk shop with Chuck and see what the deal is. but. All right, Coach, last one we'll get you out of here on. Um, what does it mean to you if you or one of your players has the shooter's touch? Well, I mean, it doesn't come easy. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it boils down to how hard you're willing to work out at repetition. I know your, your buddy right there was a, was a very, very good shooter. I don't know if I can call him a great shooter. Uh, he was very, very good shooter and made a lot of big shots, but uh, it's a tireless – uh, work ethic and and somebody that uh, when you when they miss you're surprised well we like that and uh, even more than that we uh, we like you taking some time and chatting with us today coach um, we wish you the best of luck here as you can continue to enjoy your much deserved relax relaxing and, and figuring out what's next and we'll be excited for whatever that chapter brings but we appreciate you taking some time with us today Hey, guys, a pleasure being on with you. Take care of yourselves, and let's talk soon. Yep. Like Brian said, thanks, Coach. Great reconnecting with you um, after so many, so many years. But um, happy to hear you're doing great. And, uh, again, we really appreciate your time, and we will definitely talk soon. Thank Thank you for reaching out, and all the best.